Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. We're going to talk to Frank Dolce coming up here momentarily, so stay tuned from that uh, for that. Get a little insight on the Utes from Frank, what he saw against Washington, uh, what he thinks about the final three contests left on the schedule. So I have a, real, a question for you real quick about the Jazz. We, we, we talked earlier about uh, the, some of their – some of the things they need to work on. If I were to say to you, Jake, or this is an open question to all of our listeners out there, how do they rebound better? What can they do? You know, obviously they can't pull off a trade. What what can they do in order to 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 eliminate the problem? Because as you pointed out earlier, it wasn't really a problem early on. No, no but then it, it became one. So what what's the key? You watch all these games, Jake. Do you have a thought? Uh, sure. I mean, guys need to do the fundamentals better, all right? Like box out and those sorts of things. And that seems like an overly simple answer. But on multiple scenarios with Rudy, for example, he's had to step out and pick somebody else up. He forces the miss because he's Rudy Gobert, and that's what he does. And then Rudy's guy, this happened over and over again in the Clippers game, Rudy's guy picks up the offensive board and gets the easy two. Right. Okay. So in those, at least in two of those scenarios, it was on Mike Conley, and again, it kind of sounds like we're picking on Mike these days. But to seal Rudy's guy, to box out Rudy's guy, that's just one of those little things. You know, you need to be connected with your teammates and your connectivity. That buzzword. That if this happens, this needs to be your role. And that that's just a little example. I think you know Bogdanovich needs to find his guy when that shot goes up against right. Sacramento, as opposed to ball watching. Right. So I mean that that little stuff matters when it comes to to offensive rebounds. And again, the Clippers were playing crashing the offensive boards different than a lot of teams do. So that had something to do with it too. But I guarantee you, the Sixers are going to do the same thing. Yeah, tonight. They, I mean they've got to do the fundamental stuff right. And sometimes it's not all that fun if you're a six foot guard and Mike Conley blocking out a center. But I mean that's the little stuff you got to do. But, but you you hit it right on the head there, Jake. It's amazing how fundamentals work. Doesn't matter how tall or short the Jazz are. If you do that properly, then that guy's going to have to climb over your back to get the rebound, which is a foul. So, all right, let's uh, talk a little youth football. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Get one hundred dollars off the redesigned Apple Watch Four with a new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He, of course, is our Ute insider here on the Zone Radio Network, and our good friend Frank Dolce. Hi, Frank. Hey guys. Good afternoon. Hope hope you're doing well. Back at you, Frank. Uh, certainly a beautiful day out there. Uh, what did you think about Utah with the uh, eighth ranking in the college football playoff committee uh, initial poll? Yeah, I thought that was. I think that's great. Absolutely. Uh, I think that. I think that. That probably fits. I mean, I. I look at all the other teams that that uh, sit above Utah right now, and. I don't know. I think that's about right. I, I'm not sure you could say, you know, should Utah, does Utah belong above Oregon? No, I don't think so. Does Utah belong above Georgia or 
LSU, Clemson. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see those guys play, but I, I thought that was I thought that was great. Maybe you know, maybe that USC game uh, and things are, make it look different. But I don't know. I think it was. I think that's about right. With the opportunity that's in front of the Utes now to win these next three games and to go to that Pac-12 championship game with the teams in front of them, they're going to play each other. There is going to be an opportunity for the Utes to climb. Well, I I think so too. But let me ask you what what would you do against? How would you rank a one-loss Utah versus a one-loss LSU or Alabama? Is is Utah in that conversation? Um, or or even like a one-loss Ohio State or a one-loss Clemson. I mean, I, I, I just am curious about if, – if Utah takes care of their, their business, obviously. But I'm curious about that, that matchup um, or, or how you would view that max, matchup. And based on the, the, what's happened in the Pac-12, um, because I used to think – my thought used to be that there's a lot of parity in the Pac-12. And I don't know that I – if I – if I'm so sold on that anymore, it seems more like there's a couple good teams in the Pac-12, and then there's a lot of teams that, on a national level, wouldn't wouldn't compete very well. Can't we pretty much guarantee that a one-loss Utah team versus a one-loss Alabama team, the the tide's going? Oh yeah, yeah, no no doubt, no question about. It. It, I would say anyone anyone in the top four, one loss goes above Utah. Frank Dolce with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <clears throat> Frank, going back to the Washington game for a second, how impressed were, uh, were you with the way that Utah beat the Huskies? Struggling early, but making some adjustments to stem the tide and then really going on a serious run and Tyler Huntley doing what he did? I think it was a great example of a team that learned its lesson from early in the football season when they lost to USC. I, I still don't think that Utah's preseason, pre-conference schedule really helped them prepare for that game against USC. And then they got kind of punched and didn't know how to recover. And and Tyler Huntley reverted to, you know, old Tyler Huntley ran the ball 18 times trying to make every play by himself. And, and I think that was a, a great learning experience for everybody on that team. Maybe most critically – Tyler Huntley. And so you go into a game against Washington and the opponents you've played the previous couple weeks haven't been as good, haven't been as physical, haven't been as experienced, and you get and, and you get punched in the mouth a little bit. And I just like the way Utah responded. There wasn't any panic. There were, you know, the, some adjustments. They cleaned up things, especially at the line of scrimmage, and stuck to the game plan. And in the game plan, you know, offensively was to establish Zach Moss and control the ball on the ground and, and try to chew up some clock and possess the football. And, and they did all of those things. And then, and then the receiving core made some really critical plays in the game. And on the defensive side, it was just, you know, this stifling against the run and, making Jacob Eason throw in bad situations, trust his arm too much and, and throw into, into difficult situations under pressure and under duress. And a defensive backfield that really took advantage of what the defensive line was doing up front. 
Frank, as a former quarterback, what has been the key for Tyler Huntley to see the field the way he seems to be seeing it now? There's there's a few things that, that go into that. Um, you know, it's not necessarily there's there's guys, you know, there are guys that just see see the the field or see the court or whatever it is, you know, and and guys like John Stockton and and Peyton Manning and you know Tom Brady and um, Larry Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan. I mean, there's guys that just kind of have this ability to to sense what is happening around them. They have a real feel for the game, and so I think some of it is, you know, you just you're just kind of born with that. Outside of that, um, and I'm not I'm not I'm not so sure that that was exactly the case for Tyler Huntley, but. What I do understand about Tyler Huntley is that he is a student of the game, and he spends a lot of time in the film room uh, working on the opponent and trying to understand and break down defensive concepts. Uh, And then the final piece of that is uh, just really good coaching and trusting in, in the coaching. And going back to that USC game, when, when Tyler ran the ball 18 times, I, I would guess that in the, in the meetings on Monday morning or whenever they did the film review, uh, Andy Ludwig sat down with Tyler Huntley and said, okay, here we go, 18 runs. What if you would have looked at this? What if you would have kept your eyes up? What if you would have just maneuvered in the pocket a little bit here or a little bit there? Look at what's happening downfield you have to trust what's happening downfield. And I think that was the enormous leap, the enormous step that Tyler Huntley took, is that he, he figured out how to trust everything else and not necessarily rely on his great athleticism to, to win every battle. And um, since that point, we've seen him go on this streak of, playing really, really good football, another performance where he doesn't throw an interception in the game, super high efficiency, and settling in the pocket and keeping his eyes downfield to make a play in the passing game. And some of those throws were fairly, you know, I mean, it wasn't like he was just dropping it off. Nope. No, he, he threw the ball downfield, and he got good, he got good help. I mean, uh, Solomon Anus made a great play. Nakua made a great play. Um, I, I, you know, I really like, I, I really like uh, Keithy, the tight end. He, he made a couple of really nice plays. So, and, and, and Brian Thompson made a great play. So, so he got some help downfield. And it was, you know, kind of that thing. Zach Moss doing his thing. Tyler Huntley being, you know, maybe even a little bit better than a field general and, and getting great help from, from his receiving group. Frank Dolce with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, Frank, uh, Utes have three regular season games left. UCLA at home at Arizona and home against Colorado. Which one of these is the most dangerous? Not that I, you know, I think the Utes should be heavily favored in all three, but which one is the most danger, uh, dangerous? <laughs> I'm gonna, I think I'm going to do the Coach Whittingham answer, and it's the next one up. <laughs> and, uh, and it's going to be that way every week. I was pretty cautious about this Utah football team because of that loss at USC and uh, and coming into this Washington game. I've been pretty cautious. And I told everybody the story about Washington and 
you know, what kind of talent they had and the experience they were gaining and, and how I thought they were getting better. And, and then the way that Utah managed that football game, I, maybe I'll be a little less cautious about Utah. These are three games where I think Utah should, if they, if they execute and play the way they have shown they can play, then I don't think they should have really any trouble with the next with the next three opponents. The only thing that, that I think would trip up Utah in the last three is if Utah stumbles on its own. It's, I don't think it's going to be anything necessarily that the opponent does. Um, and that said, you know, the, each of these teams has brings something different to the table. The UCLA seems like they're finally getting things figured out, you know, on the offensive side anyway and scoring some points. I, I'm not sure their, their defense is quite there yet, but maybe Chip Kelly has that thing rolling a little bit on the offensive side, so that's something to consider. But, you know, that, and that's a good matchup for Utah because they bring that defense that's been so, so good and so stifling. Uh, and then I don't know what Arizona – I mean, Arizona just seems like they're ready to be beaten. Uh, and I don't know if they've given up on the season, but, but it doesn't – it sure doesn't feel like they're competing uh, for, for anything special. So uh, Arizona would be the one I think is just kind of, you know, that's – you go in there and you win that game. And, and then Colorado, I, I, I don't know what to think of Colorado. I like the talent on that team, and at times they played really well. But then they've been, then they've been really terrible at times too. So maybe a little, you know, a little just not not uh, absolutely tr- focus on that side with Colorado or or buying into the 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 coaching or or whatever the strategy is on that side and 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 maybe a couple injuries have hurt that team as well. But but as I look at the last three games, it's more about whether or not Utah is executing at their highest level. So, Frank, I'm not suggesting that you're an expert on this topic by asking you the question, but you brought up the whole the history of the Utes in the past stubbing their toe along the way or, or betraying itself somehow. So what causes that? Well, there's lots of different things that can cause that. I think one of the one of the questions about this Utah football team in the past has been we we watched this team go into this November with kind of an eight and one, seven and one record in the past. And I, I mean in the recent past. And and then come out with three ish losses to finish the season and you just scratch your head. There was some concern that Coach Whittingham, who is old school as they come, um, there was just no let up on his guys during preparation, and they were just tired. Like they they looked like they were tired at the end of the season. So you know maybe there's something to be said for that, um, and maybe there's something to be said for uh, talent, kind of depth of talent deficiencies as you got late into the football season, and some of those issues that you have to deal with, and and maybe other teams not dealing with that. Um, quite as much, and and there's a thing about, you know, it's really difficult for for both players and coaches when you're figuring that situation out for the first time in your career. Uh, if you haven't been in that situation before, where you're, you know, you're the you're you're not the underdog. You you have you're the one who's favored every week, and and that's a that's not necessarily an easy place to to play from. So. I think there's several factors that, that go into those losses in the past. 
most of it you just kind of scratch your head. I I would be compelled to think um, in all of that that it was more, it seemed to be more of a thing where maybe an overtraining issue um, was was an issue. Hey, Frank, we always appreciate it. Oh, what are you going to do with, with your uh, with your bye week? You doing something fun this weekend? I'm, yeah, I get to watch a lot of football games with no interruption. Oh, That's what I like to do on my on my bye week. So I always record all of the Pac-12 games, and then throughout the week I kind of tune in and watch watch those games. So maybe this week I'll actually get to watch them get to watch them live, and then I can record you know Dancing with the Stars or something for my weekly schedule. Do you uh, do you Frank ever complete <laughs> like a honey do list or anything like that, or do you leave that for others? Oh no no no! I I'm the master of a project. I have I have two projects I'm working on right now. And and by the way, this is it's. I guess you could consider it a honeydew, but I, it's self imposed because I just like to do. I like to have something to do around the house. Um, and so I just I'm building a fence and a pergola. I'll finish that off this weekend in my backyard. And then I'm I'm uh, I'm putting up some some siding in the in the basement in my mechanical room in my basement to finish off that project so and then i was just out outside the other day and i was looking around for for the next project now winter's coming so it'll have to be something inside most likely but but yeah oh yeah i'm i'm all about the I'm all about a project. List. This is like a home improvement over here. All right, all right Frank, I, I've got a hypothetical for you real quick, okay? I've got a re- okay. real quick hypothetical. Tell me what you'd do. If you were encountered with a freezer door that would not shut, <laughs> would you, A, you know, move whatever is obstructing the freezer door, or B, call your wife who happens to be somewhere else at a book club and tell her to come home and fix it? Which one would you do? Are you talking about my father-in-law? Because that is exactly what he would do. No. I would, I would, I would move the obstruction, and then I would check the door handle and lock. And if I had to replace that, just in case, then I would. I'm, I'm talking uh, about my co-host. Okay, now hold on yeah, a second. But my, but my father-in-law and Gordon would call their wife. <laughs> hold, hold on. From book club. That is so. I can't. Uh, I can't even tell you how, how, how that is so like. A situation that I deal with on a regular basis with my now, with now, my dear father-in-law. Now, now, Frank, hold on here, just one second. There is a backstory there. It wasn't something blocking. It wasn't like the peas were in the way of the track. All right, that wasn't yeah. it. It was it was a fix that my wife had. Someone had told her what to do. And it was a tracking problem. It wasn't the peas. All right. The other thing about this is that my wife mm-hmm. was at a book club. All right, but it was right next door. She still had it to was, leave. It was right she next still door. Wasn't home. So all she had to do was take twenty steps back home. And, and anyway, all right. It so, was, so I guess geography geography <laughs> is a is a, is something to. To take into account when you're disturbing your wife in her book club, if she's near near, then you can do it. But if she, what if she was, what if she was a few blocks away? Then would you uh, have called her? I, I, and no, by the way, no, then Gordon, I would have handled it. You're myself. one of my, yeah, you're one of my favorite guys. I love your analysis. I love what you do on the radio. What about YouTube? 
I mean, there are so many videos on the internet that teach you how to fix just about anything and everything. That I, you're, you're a handy guy. I'm sure you could have done that. Nope. Well, uh, well, it's a little late, but I, I, I will. You know, that's a good idea. I think I'm gonna. I'm really gonna take that on. I, I'm gonna nope. make. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> nope. I, I am gonna make that. I want to be more like Frank. Okay. Good luck. I, I, you're gonna, you're I'll gonna be make yourself a pro- in the backyard. You're gonna see it happen. Uh, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you pictures. Can we post those somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Send them away. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, Frank, maybe I, give, I got your cell number. Maybe I'll call you next time. Sounds like you've got a lot of knowledge there. <laughs> I'm, I'd, I'd be happy to help you with any home improvement project you have. Absolutely. <laughs> Congratulations, Gordon. Frank is now going to duck your calls. Uh, Frank, uh, thank you very much. Uh, we always appreciate you coming on. You're the best. Absolutely, you guys. Great to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Frank. Frank Dolce, our Ute Insider. We're going to get to David Locke coming up next, but joining us now in studio, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And uh, you're helping our listeners get a little uh, spark back into the love life. We sure are. Guys struggling with ED, that's the subject. Um, This new treatment has been a lifesaver for so many guys. Erectile dysfunction can wreak havoc on a relationship. Um, It can affect the guy, of course, and the partner or the spouse. This new treatment is called acoustic wave therapy. Guys are just learning about this for the first time in some cases. Uh, It opens up the blood vessels in this part of the body. So that's through something called neovascularization, kind of like breaking down a muscle and building it back up stronger. It uses that same process. Basically, it can restore function in the bedroom. No more ED. You can throw the pills away, and there's no side effects. Who's a good candidate for this? Anybody that's noticing that things are slipping in the wrong direction. If you're a younger guy with partial function left, um, super easy to fix. You're the best candidate. We can probably get you back to 100%. Awesome. And and uh, really, you've treated it all. I mean, even uh, down to folks in, in their 90s or yeah. whatever who maybe thought that that part of their life was over. Yeah, Not we necessarily. have. We have, we have uh, patients in their 20s. We have patients in their 90s. Mm. Guys come in that have had maybe a prostate removal and think it's over they're diabetic, whatever the case may be, uh, there's a good chance we can work with you. 801-901-8000 is the number to get on the schedule. 801-901-8000. And you're going to do the exam for free. We are. Pick up the phone, call us right now. We'll do that initial analysis exam. Uh, It's a blood flow ultrasound, which is kind of cool. It allows you to check for blockages in the blood. But most importantly, the doctor can sit down with you, tell you why you have ED, um, tell you what the treatment can do for you. Normally, it's $300. Call us right now. We'll do it totally free. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. It's Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right. David Locke's next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Please forgive me. If I act a little strange For I know not what I do Feels like lightning running through my veins Every time I look at you Every time I look at you 
show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to David Locke coming up here momentarily. David's interview brought to you by Ken Garf. Visit Ken Garf West Valley Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram for great deals and even better experiences. We will talk to David. And uh, I'm interested to hear what, uh, what David had to say about uh, Rudy's frustration about not getting the ball. Yeah, yeah. In fact, let's get right to it. Uh, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line, lease any handset, and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Just visit the Sprint store nearest you. He is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. Hi, David. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Gordon, how are you feeling? I'm doing well. Yeah, things are good, man. It's game day. Uh, we've got an interesting one tonight. Philly's in town, and uh, certainly want to get your thoughts on that. But let's start off with uh, what Rudy had to say to the Salt Lake Tribune earlier this week, David. I'm just interested in, in your reaction. He uh, voiced his opinion that he wants the ball more. So, I mean, I mean, I guess there's – I don't – I mean, obviously the, the lob was a huge um, part of our – offense last year leagues the league has changed what it's doing defensively and so rudy feels you know and he's taking rudy's getting much fewer shots Uh oh down like 0.2 lobs per game so absolutely not down at all like he went from 1.6 to 1.4 lobs so that's just that's just a figment of like what it felt like compared to what it feels like now. Um, he didn't say that either, by the way. He just said he wants the ball more. So I'm not saying he said anything wrong. I'm just getting – he's not getting as many dunks. But the league is not allowing that dunk anymore. The 10 top dunkers in the NBA last year are all down in how many dunks they're getting per game. Rudy down more than all the rest because Rudy had the most dunks per game of anyone. So Rudy's absolutely right in the sense that – um, he's not getting the ball as much down low, and it's the league has changed the way they're defending those shots, making it more difficult for Rudy to get the ball. Now, the only thing I would say where I just – I don't know what Rudy really means is Rudy has yet to be able to show the ability to score if there's a, if there's a defender between him and the basket. Like if you look through Rudy's career numbers, like outside three feet, he's like 31% last year and 29% the year before. I think that's right. So that's just whenever somebody holds a big between him. And that's just not, maybe he's developed that and he's ready to show it. I haven't seen that yet this year, but maybe that's what he's talking about, that he wants to show that. Um, But I haven't seen that yet this year. I think what's really going on is what Rudy basically was talking about is that the, the his world has changed and his world actually hasn't changed because of Mike Conley or the jazz changing their offense or Donovan Mitchell or anything of that sort. The, his world has changed largely because the league has changed the way they're defending. It goes back to the conversation we had last week about the way bigs are dropping and people are just not going to let you get to the rim. And the amount of assisted dunks in the league are down about 4% from what they were a year before. So it's a league-wide issue. David, you mentioned Mike Conley there. Uh, as Jake has been doing the pre-half and post shows with the Jazz, uh, whoever's been doing the show with him, they've been of one voice as far as uh, developing comfort in his game. Uh, will you elaborate on that a little bit? What do you think needs to happen t- to create that? So there's a lot of things, um, and I'll try to get as granular as possible here. 
without boring people to death because I think it's important. So the first one is that, really, if you think Mike Conley, over 788 games, ran almost all of his pick and rolls with Memphis until February of last year with Marcus Gasol. Right? Yep. Um, Zach Randolph was really not a pick and roll partner is at the same rate. Um, and even and even Zach Randolph is a pop big, actually. Zach Randolph would pop to about 16 feet and take that little left-handed bank shot. Um, and then, it, or he would turn and, and play the post. Marcus Gasol is a is a drop is a pop big, so they would run the pick and roll, or in a lot of times they ran off an elbow handoff, and Mike Conley was on the run when he got the ball. It wasn't just a high pick and roll, and Mike Conley would go into the lane, and the big would have to leave the lane because Marcus Ole's popping out to a three point line, or Marcus Ole is playing in the mid range. In the recent years, he shot the three. Before that, it was kind of mid range stuff. And Marcus Ole was not a roller or a big dunk guy or anything like that. And so the floor was very different. The big was probably pulled out. Mike Conley's now coming off with an advantage, trying to beat his guy. And if the big was back, Mike was making a decision about the free throw line in which he's either throwing that floater up or he's tossing it back to Marcus Ole. With a roll big, it's very different. Because Rudy's rolling, so that big is still there. So now Mike at six foot one is dealing with another big body there that wasn't there all the time. Two, the decision made at the free throw line is actually too early. Right? Make the decision at the free throw line and you can't really tell if Rudy's there yet. The big isn't gonna commit to you until you drag it in a little bit further and bring the big to you to, to lob over them. If you'd make the decision at the free throw line, the big's just going to stay attached to Rudy. So that's a little bit of a tricky thing for him. And then part three of this that's tricky for Mike Conley is if you go, do go take that all the way into the big to make him commit, now he's Mike's only six one, And so now Mike's weakness, which is his lack of strength, and he's not going to go up over the top of people. He's a quick athlete, but he's not vertically unique is why he developed that floater. Well, now you're kind of out of that floater range. So then the answer to that is for Mike Conley to kind of occasionally Nash dribble around, which is, you know, if you come on the right-hand side, you dribble back around underneath the way Steve Nash used to. But since Mike Conley's been the leading scorer from Memphis for the last seven years, you don't want your leading scorer to Nash dribble. That's something you want Ricky Rubio to do or Steve Nash to do when he has Amari Stoudemire. So these are just those four areas are major adjustments. Drop big. Decision-making, is it a different point with this type of big? Suddenly getting into the trees and not having an outlet because of his size and possibly doing something he's never done before. Um, I think you'll see the Jazz maybe change a little bit how they get him into pick and rolls to get him back into a comfort zone of, of how he got the ball the same way he did in Memphis. But it's those four things make this a tremendously bigger adjustment than I think any of us, at least I'll just speak for myself, I didn't realize that. I, I, I didn't realize how big of an adjustment it would be for him to play in this system. Now, the other note, by the way, is he's never been good in October since the league pushed up the schedule. So maybe we're just going to see him get his bearings here anyway because that's his natural pass. Done. David, you look at the 76ers here tonight and uh, specifically at, the, at their starting lineup. They are huge. They, they've got to be the biggest, longest starting lineup in the NBA. Maybe I'm forgetting somebody, but how do you expect... No, it might be the biggest starting lineup in the history of the NBA. Seriously, it's it's absolutely giant. How, how are the Jazz going to deal with that size? Do you expect to see anything different in the game plan? 
I mean, I think it'll be really tough. You're going to have to move them side to side. If you let them get set, you're going to have a really hard time. I think you're, the Jazz are playing the the most amount of possessions in a half court of any team in the league right now. They're probably going to have to try to get some transition, maybe some transition threes coming their direction. Um, but, no, they're they're a beast defensively. I would suspect when the year's over, that's the number one defensive team in the league. You know, David, that's interesting what you just said there about getting some uh, transition baskets and whatnot. Because you think with the Jazz, is with their – uh, if you want to call it a smaller lineup with those shooters they have, you would expect them to excel in this regard. Of course, you can't run if you don't rebound, so there is that. Right, and obviously that was a problem late in the game against the Clippers. So I, I went through those rebounds. There, there are some areas where the rebounding's, you know, we got a few guys that aren't rebounding that need to. Um, but I, I would also say, you know, I went through all of those 18 offensive rebounds, and some of them were not great. The last three, Montrose Harrell is just great. Like, at some point, you also have to tip your hat to the other guys. Um, but, you know, Jeff Green right now, I think, has about two rebounds in his last 70 minutes on the floor. Like, if you're going to be our four, like, you've you got to do a little bit more than that. Um, you know, I, I'm more concerned in the lack of offensive rebounding, frankly, than I think they'll figure out the defensive end. It's hard to be an elite offensive team with no offensive rebounding. And our guys we've been playing at power forward so far this year have a combined one offensive rebound all season. Do you think that's just a focus of sometimes of of of, uh, of determination and awareness, like the against the Kings when Bogdanovich lost his guy um, on that play? Uh, he he kind of was watching the play, watching the basket. If he is really thinking that through, is is that something that is easily correctable? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, on that one, I think. So, you know what, Bogdanovich stepped forward. There was another guy, I think Buddy Heald was right there. I don't know what kind of rebounder Buddy Heald would have been in that circumstance, but Buddy Heald was right there. You know, on some of the other ones, like the three I'm talking about with Montrez Harrell, um, Montrez Harrell is – Royce O'Neal has Montrez Harrell, like, pushed onto the baseline out of bounds on the left side, and Montrez Harrell basically uses the space and fights through it to come back up the other side – and get the rebound. Like, you know what? Like, that's just being great. The next play, Rudy Gobert, knowing the Montrezl Harrell's kicking their butt, goes to look for, looks for Montrezl Harrell, finds him on the rebound. But while he's literally looking at Montrezl Harrell and finding him, Montrezl Harrell's watching the basketball come off the rim, and so he knows which way to go. As Rudy turns around, he makes the move the other way. And then on the last one, he gets Mike Conley. You know, the Jazz are mis-switched, and Mike Conley ends up trying to box out Montrezl Harrell. That's not going to work. So some of these are just, it's you know, there's a great offensive rebounder you just played, and that's just going to be really tough. On other ones, there's an effort level. Like there was a few times where guys got thrown underneath the basket in an unnecessary way, and, you know, there were one or two guys that had just absolutely no resistance to anything that was coming in their direction. And if you're going to play power forward, you got to have some resistance. David, thank you very much. Coach Chiesa and I will talk to you in the pregame. So did I just do that whole interview and only three questions because I was so long-winded? No, we you, got, were, you were thorough, and that was good. We got more than three in there, I think. I mean, that might be an all-time record. David James would be so jealous of that. <laughs> yes, he would. Yes, he would. Uh, thanks, David. Yeah. You're the man. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He'll have all the action for you with the Booner. Uh, coming up, tip off a little after 7 o'clock. Seems to me we did an interview once and we asked one question. With David? No. No, not with David. Who was it with? Else. Do you remember? Not again. Huh? Who was it? Austin. Oh, do you not remember? I, re- I remember somebody, but I don't know if I'm it, remembering this. It same was uh, someone had been spurned by the all-star vote. 
and their general manager decided. Oh yeah, that's right. That that did Dennis happen. Dennis Lindsay came to the rescue. I don't. Day. Gordon wasn't there that day. I don't. Yeah, think. I, I think yeah, he was. I was there. Because Dennis made it a point to come in studio and. Oh right. Well, what what am I thinking of? I'm thinking of another one involving Rudy, the Rudy and the ref one. Because I was by myself down at the the warehouse and yes. we had one where where Dennis. There was another one with a with a certain person that we talked about earlier in the show. Who may or may not have given Dennis Lindsay some uh, personnel advice once. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Strange. He comes up twice. Uh, let's give up some. Uh, let's give out some jazz tickets, Gordon. Do it. Twelfth uh, and thirteenth caller right now. We're ho- hooking you up with a pair of tickets to come to tonight's game, courtesy of your local Ford stores. They're Ford Fan Zone tickets. Uh, now these Ford Fan Zone. Uh, this thing is so cool. It's all you can eat ticket to an upcoming game. You can uh, receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream, starting as low as thirty-seven dollars per ticket. They also have the new kids area in the Ford Fan Zone, complete with Papa Shots, foosball tables, corn hole games free to all the ford fan zone is brought to you by your local ford stores ford go further you can get those tickets by calling 355 dunk or simply go to utahjazz.com or be the 12th 13th call right now 855-340-ZONE more next 97.5 and 1280 the zone check this out and now your not sports report on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network Friday night, I'm going nowhere. All the lights are changing, green to red. Turning over TV stations, situations running through my mind. <laughs> oh, it's a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. But Austin Horton's pretty funny, you know that? Some of your would-you-rathers are, are really pretty clever. It's nice of you. I appreciate it. I try to keep it light around here. Yeah. All right, it's time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? Going to Hollywood. Okay. Hollywood. So, it became known that a film company uh, has secured the rights from the family of uh, James Dean, the cultural icon and uh, film star uh, who died in 1955 when he crashed his Porsche, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. Um, They've gotten the rights to use a CGI version of the actor to play a role in its upcoming Vietnam War drama, Finding Jack. Now... The Twitterverse did not appreciate this. Others, like Chris Evans, the actor, he tweeted out, I'm sure he'd be thrilled. This is awful. Maybe we can get a computer to paint us a new Picasso or write a couple new John Lennon tunes. Uh, The complete lack of understanding here is shameful. What do you make of it? Because I think he brings up a good point here. James Dean did what James Dean did. Now you're going to bring him back to life via CGI? So what? Who cares? I I think that's kind of I think that's kind of off-putting, really. There right. is a uh, there's a touring hologram concert right now of Buddy Holly 
And somebody else I can't think yeah. of. And it's actual, it's them up on stage playing a concert. So what they do is they take actual footage and some photos, and then they use the computers to uh, to bond it all together and make James Dean say things and do things that he never said or done, did so, as an actor. They've so done it with Carrie Fisher in the Star Wars movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at look at Forrest Gump. That's full of stuff. Where do you think? Where do you think actually Forrest was sitting next to John Lennon? What different? Who cares? As long as the family signs off, what difference does it make? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I can see why people might have a problem with that. Why? Because he's got people remember James Dean for being James Dean, not what somebody's version of James Dean is via computer graphics. So if this was a cartoon, it'd be okay. Maybe. Why? That's ridiculous. Because they're making it look like it's him. So? But it's not him. You think Yoda's a real person? I mean, it looks no, like Yoda. Take, that's a that's a fictional character. Sorry. For what? <laughs> We're talking about a, 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 someone who was a real, actual human being who was an actor. And now they're making him look like he's acting in a way that he did not act. <gasps> And his family's making some cash. Sweet. <laughs> in fact, Naz, when uh, and, uh, my wife, who's an attorney, when she interned for a law firm, she infer- interned for a law firm in L.A. whose specialty was the, you know, the the rights for deceased public figures. Remember that movie they made against, uh, or they made about Jackie Robinson? What was that movie called? With uh, forty two, forty two with Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. So her law firm represented the. Um, the, the family of Jackie Robinson when but, they were negotiating the But that's different. The that's that a movie. portrayal. It's not. So is it's this. Not, no, it's this not. This is a portrayal. No, but yes, it looks it just like him. So? Harrison so as long, Jake, if it's someone with prosthetic makeup on, it looks just Jake, like him. I thought Harrison you, Ford you, you looked can, just like Branch Ricky in that you, movie. You can see the delineation here. Come Absolutely on. You're, not. you're too bright to be that dense. Come on. You can see a difference between a character that's being played and uh, taking a character who is an actual figure and making him do things that he didn't do. So in Aladdin, when the genie does the Ed Sullivan that's, that's impression, the, that we should the, all be outraged. That's not the same. Thing. It is, the it is not the same thing Ow. because he's not pretending to be Ed Sullivan. Who's not pretending to be Ed Sullivan? Oh my gosh, never mind. Come on, Jake. You I get can't what believe I'm you're outraged about this. No, this I, seems... I'm not outraged because I'm rarely outraged about anything. But I find I, I do see the point of people saying that they disagree That's with it. Lunacy. All right. Oh, by the way, the Black Crows are reuniting for a tour. Austin, if you could have any group of all the time. The Crows? The Black Crows. The guy with the dreadlocks? I don't know. Who dated Jennifer Aniston? Yeah. The Black Crows. Uh, if you could have any band reunite for a, con- for a tour, who would you pick? Yellow card. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> okay. All right. My Dead last, the Beatles. Yeah, I agree. Are you kidding Not me? The if the Beatles... If, if, if there, everybody if there knows that's be, your answer, if Gordon. there could be, there'd have to be holograms of, of them, and that's if criminal. There, if there could be some imaginary way for those guys to actually be on stage together again, that would be the largest, the hugest, the biggest selling concert of all time uh, by a mile. I tell you, they would they would uh, lure in a hundred million viewers for that. Yeah. Why would you want to see Minus that? Minus Jake Boy, and I. I'll tell you, there, I, there are two. They, they, I just. 
I, I just I, I don't want to keep talking about this because I don't want my partner to look like a, a complete fool. Great, Gordon's a fan of the most popular band of all time. Who? What a surprise! The he also, number one seed. Well, apparently, the, you guys aren't the guy who picks all four number one seeds in his NCAA tournament bracket every year. Likes the That's Beatles. Not the same what a thing. surprise! I'm not betting on the Beatles. I enjoy their music, and they were the greatest rock band of all time. I'd, but I'd like to see Kenny Loggins get back together with Jim Messina. <laughs> Oh, would you? Yeah, that that probably well, be Peter my, Paul and Mary. my number one. Sonny and Cher. Sonny and Cher. Cher's coming here. She's yeah. going to put on a concert Great. here. I think you're going to go out of your way to see that Fantastic. one. Fantastic. Joining us now in studio from Wasatch Medical Clinic, our good friend Andrew Reinhardt, who wants to help us take a break from this uh, petty <laughs> bickering and, and talk about what uh, might help some folks see, out there. See, Andrew knows where I'm coming from on this, <laughs> and he, but he doesn't want to make you look bad like I do. I just stick to ED. That's all okay. I that's it. <laughs> yeah, all right, well. The subject everybody wants to avoid. That's what I... <laughs> you go right for it. I go right you in. Go but right. you've got an answer. We do. We do. This is the new acoustic wave therapy. Um, this is the first thing, guys, that will treat erectile dysfunction without a form of medication. We're seeing a lot of guys take the pill, take injections, um, considering surgery, and then a lot of guys that are playing with hormones. Um I think when a guy gets erectile dysfunction, he instantly thinks I'm low on testosterone, which uh, can be the case. But I have found my non-doctor opinion is that it doesn't really help with ED. It can maybe help with energy, but um, most guys come in and they failed with that. So our treatment addresses the root cause of the problem. It's blood flow. It'll open up the blood vessels and restore normal function. And think about this. By maybe the first week of December, we could have you done and through the treatments. Yeah, this this may sound funny, but you guys focus on the area that's uh, affected, where the, uh, the the pills, you've said before, Andrew, increase blood throw throughout the entire body. So you yes. get the headaches and, and those sorts of things. The hormones uh, have all sorts of different side effects. This is actually treating the, the part of the body that needs to be treated. Yeah, that's a great point. The, the pills increase blood flow temporarily. It's a surge, and you get the headaches, the bloodshot eyes blurred vision um and this is targeted this is the part of the body that you want it 801-901-8000 is the number to call to get on the schedule 801-901-8000 and you'll have a free consultation with the doctor yep call now we'll do this totally free assessment exam blood flow ultrasound he'll be able to tell you why you have ed um maybe some medication that's caused it or things in your background uh, so call us now. We'll do it totally free. That's normally 300 bucks. 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. That's Wasatch Medical Clinic. We'll have more big show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.